0: as well. So we are in a series for Advent. Advent means coming. It's talking about looking toward the day where we celebrate and remember the birth of Jesus. Last week Don Follis uh, started us off with a message of hope and today we're going to be talking about peace. Now, peace is one of those difficult words because it means so many different things. And there's a little bit of a difference between the meaning we have as we use the word peace usually and the way that the Bible uses the word peace. When we talk about peace, we usually mean something like a lack of conflict, right? Like the fighting is over or has stopped. That's usually what we mean by peace. Another another use of the word might be harmony, right? When things are as the way that we want them, when they're in order, right? Everything is settled. We think of that as a time of peace. And those are both good ways to use the word, but the Bible has a richer meaning. The word peace actually is in the Bible 230 times. I spent some time this week reading and looking at each of those. And I think the best way to sum up what the Bible means by the word peace is this. Peace is a moment or occasion when earth reflects heaven. Or we could say it this way. When things are the way that God intends them to be. So peace is a moment or an occasion when, when earth reflects heaven. Or you could say when things are the way that God intends for them to be. One of the greatest tragedies um, of the Christmas season is we don't usually associate it with peace because there is a lot of stress that goes with the Christmas season, isn't there? I don't know what your particular brand of stress related to Christmas is. Maybe it has to do with family coming from out of town or going to visit family out of town. There's the stress of the travel or perhaps you're, you're in a uh, uh, an ex, under an expectation to prepare that perfect meal. You know the meal I'm talking about, right? The one that everybody expects every year and everything you're making takes a long time so you, like, you cannot make any mistakes or else the thing won't be had. Maybe that's your, your version of the stress around Christmas or maybe it's that you have to have your home completely clean because you know that person and, and you know the one person I'm talking about You're going to feel like they're going to judge you if you have anything out of place. And so you have to to clean the house perfectly. Or maybe it's because there are presents to buy. And we feel a pressure to do that. And maybe we can't. Maybe we'd like to be able to bless our loved ones. And we feel like we're supposed to. But we're not in a place where we can do what we feel like we should. Or maybe it's just trying to discover. You have that person in your life who you say, what would you like? And they say, I don't know, whatever, and you know that's not the truth, but you don't, have the, uh, you don't have the key there. But with all this busyness, with all these expectations, with all this pressure, peace is the thing we tend to think of happening when Christmas is over. All the things have been done. The pressure, the stress, the worry, it's over. And it's like in that moment when we're no longer stressed, peace comes And finds us. That's how we tend to think about peace around Christmas. But I I want you to hear me. If we don't have peace during Christmas, then we're doing Christmas wrong. If we don't have peace during Christmas, then we're doing Christmas wrong. We can't wait for peace to find us. I want you to know this. You can't wait for peace to find you because peace already has. It's already come. Now it's up to us to decide what to do about that. And that leads us to the single sentence sermon summary this morning. And it's this. In Christ, God has brought peace. And by the Spirit, he calls us to be peacemakers. In Christ, God has brought peace, and by the Spirit, He calls us to be peacemakers. Go ahead and and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be in verses 8 through 20, as Logan already read this morning, but I'm actually going to ask for them not to be up here because I would really like for everyone to have to grab a Bible and go ahead and open it to Luke. We're going to dig into it a little bit this morning. So Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Remember, peace is that thing that we we have when when earth reflects heaven or when things are the way that God desires them to be. It doesn't come naturally to us. Let's go ahead and read this passage about peace, starting with verse 8. And there were shepherds, living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now, I don't think that this story has shepherds accidentally. And these are Israelite shepherds, and there's a lot going on with this already. You see, the Israelites were waiting to hear from God. During this time, they had not heard from God in four days. Hundred years. The last prophet Malachi had been four centuries earlier, actually a little more than 400 years. And God's people had been conquered. They were poor. They had a terrible, terrible state of things for them to try to live in. Not enough food, not enough money, and not very much freedom. And they were waiting for God to come and rescue them. And so one of the the promises that they were waiting on specifically was the promise of the Messiah. Now the Messiah is a promise that's all through the Old Testament. He is talked about from Genesis chapter 3 all the way through the prophets. And the Messiah is the person that God is going to send to rescue his people. The Messiah is going to be a priest. He's going to mediate the the distance and the relationship between God and God's people. But also he's going to be a leader. He's going to lead them to freedom. So they've been waiting for the Messiah to come. They've been waiting for God to show up for 400 years. Interestingly, the same amount of time they'd been waiting in the book of Exodus in Egypt. And these aren't just Israelites though, they're Israelite shepherds. Now, among an impoverished people, there are still outcasts. And the shepherds were those outcasts. If you were a shepherd, you lived in a field. It actually says here that they lived in a field. And that field was about two miles away from town. And if you were a shepherd, you were not able to be part of the regular practice of of religion among among God's people. So you weren't going to temple regularly. You weren't going to synagogue regularly. Regularly, you were kind of seen as on the outside of things, and so these shepherds they are they undoubtedly believe in God and they undoubtedly also are waiting to hear from God. But these are not your most faithful, regular, practicing spiritual people, these are people that have no doubt that if God were to do something, it would not be in front of them. Because they don't see themselves as deserving of God's grace and activity. Maybe you could relate to that. Maybe as Christmas comes, you don't feel in the mode for Christmas. Maybe it hasn't grabbed you yet. Maybe it's been years since Christmas has felt like Christmas. And maybe it's because you feel like there's something wrong with you. Maybe you don't deserve the grace that comes with Christmas. Well, I want to assure you that all of us find ourselves in that same boat. But as far as God not speaking to you during Christmas time, this story shows that to be completely wrong because it's the shepherds that God sends an angel to. Verse 9 An angel of the Lord appeared to them in the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Could you imagine? It's night, and it's nighttime in a field well before cities, the way that we think of cities. And so if you've ever been out and underneath a sky where there isn't a city close by, the sky looks completely different than it does to you and I when we look up at night. But the light that they would have from stars that we have never seen would pale in comparison With the light that shines with the glory of the Lord. In the middle of the night, it would have been bright. Could you imagine how terrifying that would be? And then an angel appears, and the shepherds are afraid. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah. The Lord, those words, Messiah, Savior, and Lord, are huge. The Messiah is the one they had been waiting for. A Savior, a rescuer. And then that word Savior, usually in the Old Testament, that word Savior is about a person that God is using to rescue his people. That word Savior is usually about a human being. But the word Lord, there's only one Person in the Bible that gets called Lord and it's God. And here the angel stands before these shepherds and says the Messiah is coming. He's going to be a savior, a man serving God's purpose and he's going to be Lord, which is a word only reserved for God. I think the shepherds were astonished. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths. And lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, and they were praising God, and they were saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And I think the shepherds were shaken to their very core. Peace doesn't come naturally to us. If you take a moment and you really investigate inside, I think that you'll find that all of us, you included, are broken. We're not the way that we're supposed to be. I can choose to love and desire to love and yet find myself in no time afterwards struggling to show love to one of of the people around me. I can choose to, to be joyful and to only look for the blessings that God has given and to not have a heart of complaint. And it takes no time at all for me to find that complaint comes so much easier than joy. I can desire to be good and to be holy, but it does not take long for my heart to fail me. Maybe you can relate. All of us are this way. Inside, we know something's missing. Something's wrong. And this is because of the fall. We fell out of relationship with God. Inside, we're infected with sin. But the thing about God is that He doesn't leave us there. He didn't leave us there. He sought us out and He made a way for peace. I need you to hear this this morning. Peace is comes from Jesus Christ. Peace comes from Jesus Christ. And and I want to look specifically at how he brings peace. You can turn with me or it'll be up here to Colossians chapter 1 verses 19 to 22. This is the letter that Paul wrote to the church in Colossae. And in my opinion, it's the most Christ-focused of the epistles. And here's what Paul says about Jesus. He says this, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you. That word reconciled, it basically means this, the way that peace is made. If there isn't peace And peace is made. We call that reconciliation, a a return to the way God desires things to be. But he's reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. So how does Jesus bring peace? He makes a way for us to have peace with God, for forgiveness to be present, so that you and I might live lives without condemnation. No fear of judgment from God. If we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we become His, and peace is available to us. How important is peace to Jesus? He, uh, in Luke chapter 24, the first thing He says to His apostles after He resurrects, the first time they see Him, they've just heard from the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus that Jesus spoke to, and they shared their story with the apostles. The apostles, I think, were confused. And Jesus appears among them. And here's Luke 24, 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. The first words he has for them after he comes back. Peace comes or is available to everyone who goes to Jesus. And that's exactly what the shepherds did in our story. Verses 15 and 16 from Luke chapter 2. When the angels had left them and had gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. They went to behold Jesus and they found peace. Peace. Now, the Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't say those words. And then the shepherds found peace. But I'm very confident that that's exactly what happened because of what happens next. Verses 17 to 20. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. But the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You see, after they encountered Jesus, they became peacemakers. They behaved in a way that brought peace to others. Peace, remember, is that time, that moment, that occasion, when things are the way God intends them to be. The shepherds encounter Jesus, and they go about, telling people about him, testifying to him, praising God. They became peacemakers. And I, 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 want to, I want you to know that I believe this is really the key to finding peace during the Christmas season, to finding peace during Advent. It's not, it's not just that we need to focus on Jesus, although absolutely we do. I don't want to minimize that in any way, shape, or form. It's not just that we need to elevate him above meals, though. It's not just that we need to raise him above our, our family visits or the, the stress of buying gifts. All those things are true. I guess I want to say this. If, I want to say this about this. If you find yourself with whatever traditions or practices your family has for Christmas, whatever expectations you've put on yourself or others have put on you, and if you find that because of those, you're not able to, to, to rest in or be captured by or caught up in the story of Christmas, then you need to consider letting some of them go. If you're, if you're more concerned, if the priority has become the, the tradition surrounding Christmas and not the birth of Jesus, then you've become Martha and you need to be Mary. You need to consider letting it go. But the first step, of course, is we elevate the birth of Jesus. I I just don't want to minimize that at all. If your family traditions don't allow that, you need to let them go. Now, they may be wonderful. They may be heartening. They They may be positive in every way. But they can also be done at another time because Advent is about Jesus. If buying gifts becomes the priority, it needs to to be changed. This time needs to be about Jesus. Peace is found in the midst of focusing, dwelling on, resting in, being captured by the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. But that isn't enough. We can't just go to God and receive this sense of peace that will allow us to go through whatever is happening Around us, We need to be changed and made into bringers of peace. We need to become makers of peace. We need to become people that God uses to bring peace to every situation that we find ourselves in. That's what we're called to by the power of the Holy Spirit, to be peacemakers. In Jesus, God has brought us peace by the Spirit he wants us to be peacemakers. Now remember, peace. It's that moment. The earth reflects heaven. It's that moment where things are the way that God intends them to be. Being a peacemaker, I I think of the, the prayer of Saint Francis. Some of you know who Saint Francis was, and he's famous for a prayer, and it starts this way, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. What does being a peacemaker look like? Maybe being a peacemaker means that when you're out shopping and everyone around you is going crazy, and the way that people go crazy around the Christmas time, you know what I mean, right? Maybe you don't. Maybe you let someone get the last of something. Maybe you let someone have your spot in line. Maybe the person who looks like they're in a crisis, you stop. And you don't worry about the rest of the errands you have for the day. And you don't worry about all the things you have to accomplish. But you say, can I pray for you? Do you need to talk? Maybe being a peacemaker means that whatever the expectations you have for how many gifts you're going to bring. If it strains to the point past stewardship, you change it. And you let that go to glorify God. Maybe it means that you're at dinner and you have that family member and you know which one I'm talking about. If you don't know which one I'm talking about, then you're the one. <laughs> and they're driving you crazy. Maybe they're talking about politics and, and they always have to talk about politics or, or maybe they're, they're criticizing or more, maybe they're going on and on and on about all the things that are wrong. And instead of rising to the fight and instead of engaging in the argument that you know is going to be the thing everyone's talking about is the thing that ruined Christmas that year, maybe you just don't. Maybe you you say a silent prayer for this relative that you love but sometimes don't like and you decide to make peace, to be the instrument, to be the one who smooths it over who makes it so the earth in that moment, in that place, reflects heaven. Maybe as you leave church today, you'll go about things, your regular routines. Maybe it'll be lunch. Maybe it'll be spending time with family. Maybe you're already in the the craze of getting the house decorated and the, the, the things purchased. And maybe instead of letting the frenzy take you away, you decide that peace means... Instead, you're going to take some time and you're going to let Jesus reign. And that's what today is about instead. Maybe you you struggle because you have these expectations of what your life is supposed to be, right? Where you're supposed to be in your life. Maybe it's health related. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's a struggle that you have in a relationship or with a job. And you just decide that none of those things are nearly as important as the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has come and brought us peace. Peace. And you let that nugget rain today. Maybe you let your eyes drift away from the things that draw them that don't honor him. And you just let yourself be captured by the baby in the manger. There's that wonderful nativity on the square in Washington here. And I, I love that it's there. Sometimes I worry that that its, its days are numbered. It's not common for towns to be able to have a nativity in the square any longer. And maybe what we need in the midst of the struggle and the pressure and the fight that comes with trying to find peace during Christmas is to take some time, bundle up, and go and look at the baby in the manger and remember that there's no thing we've done that cannot be forgiven because of that baby. That there's no, no place we can go. That God cannot be with us. Because of Jesus. To remember that, that whatever has happened in our life. We know what happens in the future. And any struggle we have now cannot compare to the glory awaiting us. And it's because of Christmas. Christmas. Maybe it's knowing that that person who just drives us so crazy, one day, if they and we both belong to the Lord, we will love them in perfect fellowship because of Jesus. Whatever is going on, whatever causes your heart to be apart from peace, I want to encourage you to remember, because of Jesus, Peace has already come to us. We don't have to look for it or wait for it. It's there. It's available. We just need to fix our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our traditions, our practices, our loves on him first. And everything will become much, much simpler. And then we need to remember that it doesn't stop there. It isn't just about feeling better. We become Agents, makers, workers of peace. And I want to tell you, I believe that if you do that this year, if you make that promise, if you make that commitment, and you'll fail and you'll mess up, and I I do it all the time, I mess up all the time, the trick is to commit again and again and again and again. And I want to tell you, if you're willing to do that during this Advent season, when it's over, you won't say, I didn't feel like the Chris- like Christmas this year. I didn't feel like I was disconnected from it this year. You're going to say, Jesus was present in a powerful way. And I believe that this Advent season could bring a change in your life that will happen and last forever. Peace is when earth reflects heaven It's when things are the way that God intends them to be. Pray with me. Father God, we come before you thankful for blessings. You are amazing. You are wonderful. You are precious. And we ask that you would help us. Lord, we have hearts that are prone to wander. We have hearts that are prone to expect and desire and wish for things beyond our desire and wish for You. Lord, we want to make You reign in our hearts. We want to be people that that experience and make peace. Lord, we ask that by the power of Your Spirit, You would change us. You would pull us, encourage us, empower us to be agents of peace. Help us to not be swayed or overturned by the turbulent way that life can affect us sometimes. But in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the stress, to remember you and find peace. We pray all of this in your son's holy and precious name. Amen.